Hi, everyone. I'm John Strausner. And I'm Berta Alexander. And this is Break Some Dishes, an Imagine a Place production. We're looking to places where radical change and transformation are happening. We're talking to people who cross boundaries of their disciplines to use design as a tool to solve the world's most pressing problems. Let's break some dishes. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Verda, what's going on? Not much, John. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying not to get too distracted by all these wildfires and crazy politicians. It's not easy. It's hard to enjoy your summer anymore, right? Oh, do you remember the old days when you had a really hot day and you'd get so excited about it? You'd be like, it was so hot today. It was steaming. And every day's like that. <laughs> well, and now it's like, well... How, when is that going to spark the next wildfire? And yeah, summer is different, but I'm trying to enjoy my summer. I hope you are too. I am. And it, you know, it's going by so fast like they all do. Yeah. Did I ever tell you what my uncle said about how fast time goes? No. <laughs> my, I had an uncle once that said, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it spins. Oh, God. Okay. So, you know, I try to slow things down as much as I can. Oh, my God. All right. Roberta, <laughs> tee it up. Tell everybody about this episode, which is actually amazing. We did something really um, out of the ordinary for us. So, we, our summer started off in Chicago. I always think of Neocon as the start of our summer. I've been going to Neocon for 20 years or more, more, and I've probably been to at least 20 Neocons. It's the largest furniture trade show of our industry, as most of you all know. And uh, we had a really fun time this time. We pretty much focused on podcasting, live podcasting from the showroom floor, thanks to OFS and Imagine a Place, right? They set up a amazing place. little sound studio for us. We were like window dressing. It was like the Macy's windows of the holiday season. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> right? we had this bright idea. We weren't exactly sure where it was going to go. We were only going to do it for one day, but we had so much fun. that, And we started finding guests or guests kept passing us by and waving at us from the window that we decided to extend it and do a second day. And we still didn't know what we were going to come up with. We didn't. And the sound guys at Imagine a Place didn't really know what we'd come, come up with, but it it has a super cool vibe. It's um, It sounds like we're right there in the heart of the action, which we were. And yeah. we interviewed people quickly, got them in and out and asked them a few hot topic questions and moved on. So this episode is, is day one, right? Yeah, it's day one. And I think it, it, it embodies the spirit of Neocon because Neocon is, you know, it's this massive industry event. And you're right, it marks the passage of time. Any of us that have been in the industry as long as we have, we can't imagine going through the month of June without spending three or four days in Chicago, which is an amazing city in June. Um, and such an architectural, you know, capital here in the US. It's a perfect place for this industry to get together. But you know, we get together because we energize each other and we feed off of each other and we reconnect, right? We have these biochemical connections that we form with people over the years. And Neocon gives us that opportunity to like magnets, you know, reconvene. And I don't know about you, but I feed off of it. I, I just, I love that energy of Neocon. I've missed it. 
Yeah. And so I think it was a special neocon because this was the first one for most of us coming back. And it, there was a lot of electric energy in the air. And I hope we captured some of that in our pod. I know we captured some of that in our podcasting. So we had a couple of guests this first day. We had... Yeah. Tell everybody who we talked to. Well, we started off with my own Lauren Parrish from Studio O Plus A. So there's a little bit of O Plus A. Lauren is an amazing designer, activist, what a thought leader. I can't wait to see what else she does in this industry because she's got the bull by the horns right now. Yeah, she was great. And then we had somebody, she calls her, she goes by CCB, Carolyn Clark Beetle. She is with One Workplace, a furniture dealership here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And you'll hear why we're talking to them. They're thinking outside of the box and just how they do business and how they try to do good with their business. And then last, Todd Bracher. This will be the oh, third Todd. the third time he's been on our podcast. Yeah. He's one of our favorite people. I mean, you know, he's a he's a product designer and industrial designer. He he looks at design Verda through um, a very unique perspective. And it's always, I think, a lot of fun to hear from Todd and find out what he's working on and what he thinks is important right now. And I, I thought he shared some pretty cool things with us when he sat down with us in Chicago. Absolutely. So please enjoy this episode. If you want to zoom through to the next person, we won't, he won't hurt our feelings, <laughs> but listen to as much or as little of it as you like. Enjoy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's awesome. Thanks. Love this a little. Uh, this is our. It was going to be like a welcome to the, welcome bowl. welcome to the fishbowl. Welcome to Breaks and That's Dishes uh, World Headquarters. <laughs> That's how we got our last guest. She was like waving at. That's all we need we to do now. We're just going to sit in the window and bring people in, unsuspecting <laughs> guests. That was kind of the concept. Was this hot seat neocon where I we just see somebody and yeah, bring them out in, there and grab yeah, them. And use them, use them, and use them and abuse them and then kick them the hell out. <laughs> We're like, thanks for 15 minutes of cerebral yeah. gray matter. Now get out of here. We need the next person. So, yeah, oh we're excited. Goodness. So, first of all, we have to say, how do you pronounce your last name, Lauren? Parrish. Parrish. You yeah. should introduce her because she's your gal. <laughs> she's not my gal. And you gal. need to she's tell her. everybody about her big award and everything, Verda. First of all, she's her uh, own Verda, gal. Why, why do I have to carry the podcast? My back. Oh, my back. But she does work for Studio O Plus A. And I'm very proud that she does because she's an amazing, amazing person with so much talent and so much dedication and such a hard worker so we worked together very closely we yes. were basically connected at the hip for about a year mm -hmm. developing the eco playbook how lucky am i to be connected at the hip with oh, that's so sweet uh, let me sorry, just this is just I gonna be a o plus a love fest i'm sorry John. you can you can just go over there uh, i was gonna say i've, I've been connected with averter for a couple years what was the word you used to describe it i i'm oh, lucky am i oh lucky lucky oh <laughs> lucky all right i was thinking of a different right. word <laughs> <laughs> so anyways a couple of things i want to talk about yes. so lauren's a judge for yes. best of neocons i want yeah. to get a, a glimpse into yeah. what you saw yeah. and i know you're specifically focused on sustainability I of am. course very much so yeah because and you know we spent that journey that year journey mm -hmm. diving doing a deep dive into sustainability and yes. you also won the hip award for greater good <laughs> not just any old hip that's award. that's so cool 
So we want to talk so about hip. all that. <laughs> Maybe what do you want? To, where do you want to start, John? Well, uh, the Eco Playbook is something that you have been talking about for a long time. It's a big project of yours. Huge, yeah. And, and I think it's kind of an amazing. To, you were talking about it, you know, from the start. Right. So like that's been your baby. So I feel like let's start with that because it's such an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. And we really need to tell everybody about it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So Verda has has been very vocal about sustainability and making. Thank you so much. Stop distracting people when they're talking. She needs to to learn how to multitask. (laughs) You talk to me about distracting this. So she's got amazing hair. I just want to describe it to people. Lauren's hair is what color is that? Um, the shades range, but it's always red of some kind. It's like red, yeah. yeah. It's like red, and then you have it shaved on your shaved on one side, yes. right? So yes. half of Lauren looks a little bit like me, right? <laughs> and then the other half is really long, flowing, kind of like Verda. Nobody She's looks like you, ha- John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talk, talk to us about this eco playbook. Yeah. So I mean, Oplase has been had this focus in sustainability starting at the beginning of 2020, thanks to Verda. So that was very much a goal of ours from the beginning. But once the pandemic hit and everything kind of changed, and then we really had the freedom to think about where Future of Workplace was going. A lot of our clients were looking to us to make more suggestions. And I think their ears were more open than they had ever been before. So we were writing toolkits. We were really providing guidelines to our clients and um, thinking about new space types, new space typologies, and guiding our clients into what the future of workplace ideally would look like. And then I connected with Verda because I kind of said, it feels weird to be having this conversation without talking about sustainability. It's so important. We need to be talking about safety and how to safely return to the workplace. And when we're starting to think about hybrid workplace, what spaces we need. But if our clients are really, their ears are as open as it seems they all were, they were open to hearing about inclusion, diversity and equity more than ever before. What do people need was the biggest question. So it felt like there was a big opportunity to dive deeper into sustainability, provide guidelines. Has that always been something that I don't you know. feel like that gap had been there before. I don't feel like clients were as open to really like valuing it. Maybe some clients You didn't were. feel like they were looking for it? Some were, but I think once the pandemic hit and everything changed, everyone was kind of like, well, anything's on the table at this point yeah so so what do we need to value that we haven't maybe valued before how do we need to think about things differently and shift our focus so it it really opened up an opportunity for us to not only be recommending the space types and the environments that the future of workplace should have and could provide but also be making sure that our clients know how important sustainability is to not only everybody but also the younger workforce that continues to come in and demands that that their companies have a stance on it so you you talked about this gap and then you verta you probably thought well you know what there's a lot of resources out there for design firms so let's just start let's just start making better decisions yeah there's some websites we'll we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. we don't we don't 
work that way no. at Oplus Day. <laughs> uh, well, that's why, that's why I don't have a job there. So how did we it... Always, like, we always take the hard, the tell hard me, road. So tell me what happened. <laughs> you too. decided that, okay, we're going to start including elements of you know climate activism and climate change well we've done those first two toolkits and i had i declared the year of 2020 action 2020 yes but then the pandemic hit and i basically went, I went into hibernation <laughs> that's word as luck <laughs> word is like 2020 is the year of action <laughs> welcome to the global pandemic right. oh shit <laughs> Okay, 2021 will be the year of action. Well, Verda, we still have this pen. Well, God damn it. Damn. <laughs> so I went into hibernation mode, honestly. I was yeah. just going to kind of wait it out. And Lauren approached me. She goes, you know what? We need, this is our year of action. Let's do it. And it was yeah. September. It was near yeah, it was nearing the, the end of the year. But, wow. And mm-hmm. then we had this one employee, Sean, who yeah. was super passionate, had been looking at the, what's that clock called? The, the climate clock? The climate clock. Yep. Oh, okay. Which is a a live countdown, which really will make you want to move quickly if you go and look at that. So he just blurted out all of these. We acknowledge that we have no time to lose. And just he went on and on and on. And we published that in our eco playbook front and center. We verbatim. Yeah. His his like stream of consciousness, his feeling, very raw feelings about just how important it is and it really put a fire under everyone and ignited the team we assembled a team um, and we started with research because you know we needed to we need to get educated ourselves there are a lot of companies that have been doing it for a long time and we were we were new to the game and you know we wanted to educate ourselves first and then we needed to form an opinion on what we wanted to say what we wanted to provide to the industry, both to ourselves internally, our team, but also externally for designers who don't really know where to start and be more of a guide for getting your feet wet and really taking this on. That's yeah. So so describe the eco playbook. Like so the eco playbook is uh, you know a primer. I think, <laughs> we Berta, I think you sent it to me. I just haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> it focuses on key chapters. Um, first being engagement and action, not only with clients, but with consultants and contractors, how to write contracts, what to think about oh. that we haven't had to think oh, about that's before. that's brilliant. Like that's, so you're setting the stage. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to talk about it. We're going to put it out there. We're Absolutely. not going to, yeah. yeah. And then we also get into material and product selection, yep. which is always a big topic. That that's was a daunting like the most chapter. obvious, right? Like mm-hmm. that's when you say that as a design firm, we're going to begin practicing that. I think that's everybody's initial. Well, obviously, you're going to start using better materials and resources. Yeah. But what a flipping yep. challenge that is, yeah. right? To swim through all that Absolutely. noise. Absolutely. That chapter was one of the heaviest. Okay. Yeah. From the beginning, we all, as a collective studio, even beyond the team working on it, but as a collective studio, we all discussed, we're not going to get this right in the beginning. We know that, but yeah. we don't want that to stall us out. We want to be very open and authentic with how, with what we know and how little we know at this point. Yeah. And just be very real about the fact that it's an ongoing process. And if you really get too hard on yourself then you're not going to move forward. Yeah. So you have to keep step by step, just put yeah. one foot in front of the other and keep getting better and better over time. Because you're, you're not going to come out of the gate designing a project that is socially equitably perfect, yeah. that has 
no, I mean, checks all the boxes, has no carbon impact, has all, has no, has completely zero waste, right. you know, has all the things. It's, it's almost impossible. That's the goal. But in order to get there, we need to take baby steps along the way, preferably as fast as possible, but right. still step by step. This is what we have been talking about. Like, don't like use your voice. Yep. Don't worry if you're 100% right. You, yeah. You're not going to be. You're not going right. to be so, right. But you got to start. You got to start somewhere. Just be real about it. Yeah. Be authentic. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's human. You're not going to get it right in the it's, beginning. There's a, there's a fearlessness that you just have to embrace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so the other thing that OPLUS A has to do, besides taking the hardest path possible, <laughs> is is to, to do it from our own perspective yeah. as our it's our journey and our stories. Yep. So interwoven with the eco playbook, our stories of our own. And we really focused on what our interests were because no matter wh what way, how you enter the conversation, it, it, you're going to make an impact if you enter. And it's most important to enter from a perspective of what you're most passionate about. And so that's what we focused on. Yeah, that yeah. was a huge part of our process of developing the Ego Playbook was having a chapter captain on the team for each chapter. And that person was passionate about that specific topic. So we had Meredith Quinn on minimizing waste. We had Alex Pocus on connecting to nature. You know, Virto was was very very uh, connected to the materials and products selection Woodley. chapter. Woodley with social equity yeah. in design. I was focused on uh, reimagining re the design process. And after we understand all these things, what does that mean for implementing yeah. it into our studio? And so this is literally O plus A's roadmap yep. now for every, every project that you work on. Yes. Wow. That's yes, so we cool. Do. do you think you'll have clients that when you guys sit down with them, and I'm assuming that, do you show them the eco playbook or do you, do you okay. Do you, are you, you think you're going to have clients that are, that are going to say, oh, oh, I don't want to pay more for all that, you know, fancy environmental, you know, high efficiency. We have a budget. Do you think you're going to come into that? Sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's realistic to think about. But what we're thinking about at Oplus A is what are we doing on every project regardless of what the client has bought into? What can we do that doesn't necessarily affect uh, project budget and schedule, but that we know in our own QA, QC and process that we're accomplishing? What, what are we bringing to the table regardless of what the clients are demanding from us? Yeah. And then ideally at the end when we can do our own kind of project scorecard on multiple fronts, we can show it to the clients say oh by the way yeah. did you know that that we accomplished this on your project yeah and hopefully that will ignite something in them yeah. i also and think similar to doctors or whatever we should have an oath to do no harm we yes. should really not be I designing that products that are toxic or harmful or that ruin the environment and we are every yep. day and we really do need to change the way we design and that's yeah. why this playbook is called designing with the future in mind because yep. yeah. we're not doing that right now and so we we want to get to a point where we say no when a client says sorry i don't have the time or the money to be sustainable 
we'll just walk Throw away. And if every design firm yeah. did that, yeah. guess where we would be? We would be designing sustainable, yeah. healthy yep. stuff that's good for people and good for the planet, right? Yeah. That's you also so where right. we really need to engage our partners too. So if, if we took that stance and our consultants took that stance and the contractor yeah. took that stance yeah. and we could all be aligned in what the goals are for that project, then we could be even more of a stronger voice. I, Verda, that's an amazing idea to have a designer's oath. That's <laughs> yeah. an amazing. I, we're gonna. That's gonna have legs. I already have a. I'm stealing that idea. I already have idea. a guest for that. So oh, I haven't oh. talked to you about this yet. All right. Well, all right. Well, I don't it's tell my him idea any, I don't now. tell him everything because then she doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> all right. Tell us about your judging. Judging and something amazing. Oh yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Neocon behind the scenes. <laughs> well, we are at Neocon. This yes. is our Neocon episode. What? <laughs> this is our Neocon episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. got to talk about Neocon. It's my third year. I, judging. Only question I have is: yes. It's your third year. Yes. Have you ever accepted a bribe? This is safe space. <laughs> Space. I'm just asking. I think it's because uh, there's rumors. A lot of people are like, yeah. Are there rumors? Lauren likes, you know, yeah. It's a labor of love. It is a lot of work. It is a it lot is. of work. It no, is. I have never accepted a bribe <laughs> on the record. All right, whatever. Thanks for being interesting. You know, do you know Richard Mark? I don't. Oh, okay. Richard Mark, you know used Richard. To, yeah, he used was to a judge this. for years and years and years. And it was a. It was um, it was a passion project for him. He did it yeah. out of love of yes. of product. He just yes. loved to look at it. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 really fun. It's a lot of work. You have to come here early, long days of judging. But it's such a again. I feel really lucky to do it because how you many really, days of judging? Um, they called it down to just two days. Okay. So Friday and Saturday before. How many products do you think you look at in those two days? Oh man. Um, it depends. Maybe forty. Yeah, it's a 40 lot. Forty products per team, so it's a full group about forty to fifty judges, and then we're all separated into teams of five or six people. Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's always a mix of veteran judges and new, yeah. fresh judges. So yeah. that's great because it helps new people get acclimated really quickly. Um, and then we're all assigned certain categories. Right. And that changes every year. So this year I was judging uh, lounge seating, occasional tables, demountable walls, and work from home solutions. Okay. And it was different last year. Um, so, and it's always really interesting to see what the other teams are judging too. So what we're really focusing on, on is not only the numbers we score in multiple categories, um, but then we all come back together after we've all visited all the showrooms and we nominate gold and silver awards, innovation awards and sustainability awards. And it's funny, you know, the people, the judges have done it for a couple years. We all get excited about that part because that's when we kind of duke it out with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, like the jury. You know, you know, you it is like a jury. It very much is. Any bullies? Any jury bullies you want to call out right now? Is <laughs> no. no everyone's very, <laughs> very respectful. A bunch I mean, of very kind <laughs> designers. Like, you can't imagine a designer being a bully. <laughs> it's all very respectful. Are podcasting isn't a category yet because I feel like it should be. It should be. <laughs> We would win, John. When you when you when you look at it at the product, do you ever have that like a moment where you're like, this is this is without a doubt my favorite. This is gonna this is gonna be gold. I don't even have to debate it. 
We will, oh, yes. obviously, but... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. How important is the presentation? It's extremely important um, because a lot there's a lot of things to it. We have an internet portal that we can see a lot of the questions that we will ask have already been answered and submitted from the manufacturer. Yeah. But sometimes the people who are presenting it, they don't cover all the things that we need to ask and they have already answered and sometimes there's even contradicting information um, that we need to clarify when we're there with them yeah yeah and even you know one that we were judging yesterday the product was incredible um a lot of great sustainability aspects too but we were saying you know this this guy needs a shot of espresso. <laughs> just needs to pump it up a little bit. Yeah. We're more excited than, than they were. Than they were. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most of the time, the presentations are very effective. You're like carrying them along. Like, what about like, this? You want to talk about this a little we're bit? We're like, do you know how great this product is? Because like, we know it's great. <laughs> it's like the teacher from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know? <laughs> so I think the most important thing we have to talk about now is Lauren's big award. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> The HIP Award for the Lauren, greater you, good. I mean, yeah, Verda, why don't you? Yeah, Thank you, Verda. Well, I didn't even win this award. Last it was Verda, a few you don't years, win all it the was awards. a few you years back, that. and somebody won the Greater Good Award, and they made a special category for me. It was just for good. <laughs> <laughs> Verda, she Verda. got the greatest good. Verda got like for a little bit of good. <laughs> I was very excited. It was for our Food for Thought truck, which is our last big project. But oh my God, we were all. So excited for Lauren, and uh, so it wasn't just for the eco playbook. No, yeah, it was. Yeah. It's kind of for everything that's been going on the last couple of years that I've been involved in. Yeah, I've been involved in not only the eco playbook, but we had two toolkits come out. Um, one, the first toolkit yeah. was about returning to work safely, thinking yeah. about really guiding clients to think about spaces. We went through and analyzed every single space from a public to private standpoint, uh, tenant spaces, lobby spaces, restrooms, and how they could be um, prepared for yeah. a safe work, uh, return wow. to work. Um, thinking about signage, our graphics team is so talented and um, they created a lot of customized, curated, colorful, joyful signage, trying not to have everything be so clinical yeah, and scary. And, yeah. um, and really thinking about what would make people feel comfortable coming back into the workplace. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really toolkit one and toolkit two has been how we are thinking about planning strategies for future of workplace hybrid work what are the new space types okay. that are needed opus is i think we've developed almost 40 to 50 typologies now these are, these are um, important that yeah, are all really focusing on yeah. health and wellness yeah um collaboration both in person and virtual collaboration thinking yeah. about inclusive collaboration which is not easy in a hybrid workplace these are like pretty lofty Topics. You're not right. like just covering light, fun stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, no. how much cushion should be on a sofa in a lounge area? How how squishy should it be? Right? She's, yeah, you're tackling big serious. issues. How, do you, how yeah. do you feel a sense of belonging in your workplace, whether you're in yeah. the region or out of the region? Yeah. 
Good yeah. for you. What and a year you, you had. <laughs> I and, feel then, like, well, but, and then she worked on some actual uh, projects. Yes. What about some what, sustainable But what did projects? she do the first nine months? I mean, was she just like riding for free or what? It seems like she shows up for, you know, the last quarter of the year and does all this well, stuff. No, but, well, that was, the Ego Playbook was the last part of the year. The oh, first so part she of the year were these other the toolkits. Tool oh, good. Good, Lauren. Yeah. On top Thank of that, you. she was working on projects. I'm going to call her out, man. I'm like, These young millennials, Gen Yers, I mean, you got to watch and make sure they work a full day. Okay, we're going to cut that <laughs> out. We're not going to name categories of And just a visual. Another visual on Lauren, just so people know. She actually... Um, it looks like she's turned her hip award into um, like a necklace and she's got a gold chain and she's oh wearing it around her neck today, which I think is a little ostentatious. But, you know, Lauren, good for you celebrating. I appreciate close. it. <laughs> that is just so untrue. <laughs> you will not see that on me. <laughs> I said to her when I saw her this early, I'm like, where's your award? If if I won a hip award, I'd be walking around with it under my arm all day today. Of course you would, John. <laughs> oh, what, this? Oh, this. Oh, oh, I forgot I even had it. Oh, it's my hip award <laughs> <laughs> no 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 wow uh, this is this is cool i i um i i didn't know we had her on the well, we don't. Uh, I just walked by. Okay. This is totally so, spontaneous. Yeah. This is super all right, spontaneous. All right, I'm going to so let Verda take real over. Quick, right. I just want to tell CCB what we're doing. So as you know, we're part of Imagine a Place Productions right. now. And they've been super supportive, super awesome. And they created this little studio, not just for us, but we yeah, can, for, we us, can say it's for us. Yeah, yeah okay, it's, it's for ours. us. And we're taking it anyway. <laughs> CCB is one of my favorite people from San Francisco. Wow. And we're I in a little bit of a fishbowl. I didn't even know you had favorite people. I have lots I of always people. thought well, she doesn't like people. I've yeah, yeah, just, oh, yeah, just a couple. I, She's and top I, of my I'm list. afraid to ask, but I'm hoping I'm. <laughs> I think you're on it, John. I don't worry. Yeah, you are. She would tell me if I was, and she's never said it. I knew it. He's in the doghouse half the time. But uh, but CCB was walking by because we're in a bit of a fishbowl. Uh, you called it the, the window. Uh, oh, yeah, we're window dressing. We're window dressing. And CCB is waving while we're talking to somebody, totally distracting me. And I'm like, oh, my God, she would be amazing to talk to. And I was about to text you when you walked into the showroom, into OFS's showroom. And what I think is great about CCB is that she has her own podcast. Well, She's, it's not really my own podcast. It actually belongs to One Workplace. Okay. Who right. I work with. Okay. But, you, but I get to but be the host. the host. Yes. That's what I meant. But we you don't can, really you have our own. Like us. You can be like us and just take stuff when you like it. <laughs> we but don't. Just take I, okay. It. It's yours. I'll we, do that. It's your yes. podcast. We don't really I, we have our own you. podcast either. We're, we're <laughs> anymore, right? We sold it. To no. Imagine a place. We did. Right? I didn't get a check. Did you get a check? Did you see her new earrings? Verda needs to check it out. She needs to. We got to have a little talk, Verda. So right. anyways, uh, you work for One Workplace, and they have this incredible podcast called Wonder, and it's somewhat similar to us. You're looking for people that are making their mark, doing really interesting things, innovating, and you're supporting that within your organization and providing these grants. So I want to hear all about all the all these amazing programs because it, it serves to, for me, it serves as inspiration to other firms that are wondering, what can I do to move the needle? What can I do to make a positive impact? impact in the world and you've got several examples so we um a number of years ago decided that uh thought leadership was important and thought leadership is not our thought leadership though we have some in-house but we have so many people that are really doing amazing things and we wanted to focus a spotlight on on folks that are doing something that 
raises the industry, the whole bar for the Brings industry. Us up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we started um, we started the Wonder Podcast, but at the same time, the Wonder and we're one workplace, and so one our Wonder is O N E D E R. But the Wonder um, thought leadership goes across our entire brand. So we had this really interesting opportunity where a person left, and we had a salary that worked with the design community. So we thought. Do we just fill the post with another person or do we disperse the responsibility for calling on design throughout our entire organization and take that salary and turn it into a grant for the design community? So in 2019, we introduced the Wonder Grant and it's twenty thousand up to $20,000 grants for design thinking, any design firm within our area, so that's Northern California and also the state of Washington, any design firm can apply for a Wonder Grant. And in the first year, we gave out three, and the second year, we gave out six, and last year, we gave out five. And so there have just been these just amazing, I mean, people talking about uh, creativity, how does design impact creativity, or um creating sustainable indexes of materials. So it's run the gamut. But this year, we're doing a major focus on ESG, so environmental sustainability. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know the ESG yeah, thing. Yeah, we, know, we a, know that. Okay. John loves so, this topic. Oh, yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> don't, okay, get me well, you started. can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, so we put it out. The, um, the Wonder Grant application is open. It's, Let's just say, it, though, for everybody listening, ESG, environmental, social, governance. Social and governance. Right. And so it's kind of a big topic right it's now. It's a huge topic, but in our world, it's really umbrelling um, sustainability and diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. So, um, so those are the main issues that people are going to be uh, submitting applications for Wonder Grants for this year. So if anybody is in the Northern California or the Washington State market, any design firm, and you're working on a program or research into how your firm or how the industry can be more sustainable or more inclusive, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that's cool. Now tell me what the grant money does. Like, does that, like, how do they use the grant money? So the grant money, money goes Because I might apply for some. You, you for can. Um, the grant money can... <laughs> You're not in California, John. You're I, in Connecticut. Well, if you have an arm or a leg or a you know, satellite or you got yeah, a Berta. I have a satellite. Yeah, exactly. yeah I, have a little, I have a cute little satellite. <laughs> I can be your money launderer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no. La, la. Okay, so um, within the One Workplace... Um, Enterprise, if you will, because there's a number of different brands that fall into the um, enterprise. Uh, we really support and encourage entrepreneur and entrepreneurism. So if you've got a great idea, yeah. it's like run it past yeah. us, you yeah, know, and, and we look at it and kind of go, huh, that's interesting. Okay. So two new businesses that just birthed this last year are the Heirloom is a year old, um, which is a joint venture between Uhuru in one workplace, but it's just growing so much bigger, and that is the um, the circular economy marketplace for for furniture. Yeah, so identifying the, legacy furniture. Legacy that's furniture. Last keep it. Generations, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years, not just yeah. Yeah. ten years or five years, and go to landfill. Yeah, um, and another and one yeah, of the, the one? Um, another one of the businesses that just was birthed in the last year is it's called Plus One Consulting, and that's a very focused culture consulting group. So they're looking at how do we build culture. And it couldn't be more timely, given the fact that we're all trying to get back to what is the what, what is, is work? culture? <laughs> what is culture in the workplace? What's my culture? Do you I've, know what I've though the most culture. interesting thing? Because we were talking about purpose as well. Seventy percent of Americans find their purpose in their work. 
Yeah, I, I isn't yeah. that? I think that's well, really you're lucky. interesting. Yeah, yeah, that seems high to me. I, but you're lucky if you find your purpose in your work, man. If you don't, you're really screwed because you're spending eighty percent of your waking time yeah. doing yeah. it. So, man, if you're not feeling it, and there's yeah. a lot of people that don't have that luxury. There's a lot of people who don't. But but I was so struck by the fact that there's so many who do. You kind of a, affiliate, our American culture is more affiliated how with about what the, we do. How about the 30% that don't? I mean, that's, that's great. That's we like, got, I don't know. Is that the 30% that never shows up? <laughs> you know, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But in any Fine. case, yeah. <laughs> not to go down a rabbit hole. Great to have you. Thanks for sitting in with us for a few well, minutes. Certainly. Completely um, unplanned. Real quick, I did want to ask you... Um, your podcast, Wonder, it's spelled O-N-E-D-E-R. The every- Wonder Podcast, yep. and it's available on Apple, Apple Spotify, Spotify, all your all streaming services. And if you're ever like looking for it, you could go to the One Workplace website, and there is a page of the Wonder Podcast there. A lot of people think Todd's here just to talk to us, Verda, but actually, I think he's here because it's Neocon. You know it's Neocon, right? Todd, did you know it's Neocon? Near, near what? Near, yeah, I've heard about it. Um, it's Neocon, not Neocont. You can do anything here. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's great to be here, guys. Thank you, as always. Thank you. A repeat performance. Yeah, well, you know? this is a little different. This is our hot seat podcasting, so that seat's going to get start getting real hot in about five minutes, and you're going to want to get <laughs> oh, up no. and go. Oh, no. So if I just leave, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I should do it now, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, we, so we had... Fast. We had, um, actually, we had two doses of Todd last year, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, had him, we had him with us at Neocon last time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Two, two helpings of Todd isn't enough, so we, we brought had, him back for a third. And we had Todd and Tina. Todd and Tina. Well, yeah. he, they, you guys were yeah. one of our, part of our first series number one. Okay, this is going to be really distracting because people are waving at me. We're, we're in <laughs> a, just, just to describe it to anybody listening, we're in a... Uh, Fishbowl. We're like part of a window display here at, <laughs> exactly. at Neocon in the, in the amazingly beautiful OFS showroom, which yeah. is uh, astounding. And we have a great little vignette set up. Verda likes it so much, I think she's probably going to try to move in if yeah. Doug lets her. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, we can't let that happen. But anyway, we're here. I really wanted to talk with you, Todd, because... Um, you just working with human scale introduced um, a brand new chair Mm -hmm. and a lot of people that that aren't really into chairs don't understand how hard it is to design a chair and I think every designer thinks you know what one day I'll design a chair but when you're trying to design a really good chair it's it's not that easy yeah that's right okay just to make just to make one and you I think you know you probably would credit Nils Diffriant with giving you a little bit of for sure a little bit of perspective on, on design right absolutely and I think one of the things I liked about Nils was to, to me Nils was sort of like an original environmentally minded designer mm-hmm. and he, he didn't do it overtly through recycled right. materials and I'm putting you know post-consumer waste back into this he did it because he didn't use a lot of parts he didn't use a lot of materials and then yeah. the materials he did use were good materials right. like aluminum right absolutely right i mean what makes i think any i'd like to say good design what makes any good design good it's more than obviously what it looks like right and what it is is not just also how it functions but 
how does it live within the business? How does it live within the lives of the end users and, and the folks that actually live with the furniture and use it? So there's so many layers to it. It's not before its life, during its life, after its life. So yeah. when you really start to look at a sort of matrix of sort of data points in a way of what the boxes you need to check, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of boxes and they all have to be accounted for and all ticked off as best you can. And I think that's what gets overlooked. We tend to walk in and see design and evaluate it very quickly if we like it or not. Maybe we'll sit on it and see is it comfortable or not. And then sort of that's the end of the journey when in fact the designer, good designers think about the, the myriad of complexities that go in there and really make sure from the business end, from the selling end, from the user's end, from the from its environmental impact end, all of it's been accounted for. And that's really where the challenge lives for the design. Yeah. yeah. And Todd, as you know, we're... We've been taking a deep dive. We started yeah. with plastic and kind yeah. of went round and about with people that are doing really innovative things to solve the world's problems. And we're starting to think climate change is maybe the most pressing problem. But there's so many issues that are related to climate change. So yeah. it's really a, 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 a wide problem. And so you're not here just because you designed a beautiful chair, but you. because you designed it for an amazing company yeah. that's really set the bar yeah. for sustainability. How has it been working with them? And yeah. where do you want to push what you've done with them to other products that, that you're going to be designing? Yeah, this is not a, this chair, it's called the path chair and uh, for human scale we're just introducing it in person now at this show in econ and the chair itself it's not an exercise in aesthetics as you said it's really an invention from the ground up so it's a mechanical invention an ergonomics invention and it's also material and sustainability reinvention so when you start to add those together uh, I looked for example we speak in our office quite a bit around how can we contribute to our world I mean we're folks that make things and yeah. so you know we turn off the water when we brush our teeth uh, we make sure we're conscious about how our trash and our waste but that's sort of a one person or, or a small group of people's effort that's not really at scale so when we think about as a designer you know we are guiding companies to make things and we're participating at scale so we need to be doing it the right way so for us we benefit by partnering with human scale that's their same initiative that's their goal so as a designer we're along for the ride this isn't we're not bringing human scale this solution this is something they're doing they're there. so we're collaborating with them and how to guide the design in a way to bring it really to hit the nuance and relevance to the market in such a way reason being task chairs specifically as you know are sold in the tens of thousands a year anyone that sits at a computer tends to sit at a work chair this is what it's for yeah so everyone's got a computer that's why we're all 10 to 15 pounds heavier <laughs> a lot now of us, than yeah. before the pandemic that's fair <laughs> and a lot of us have we a computer sit for a long time and a lot of us like this type of chair so when you think of the waste product from these types of chairs yeah. it's a tremendous problem so for us our goal was we could partner with human scale to have an impact at, at a large scale. When you think about those types of chairs, so we're, we're replacing, hopefully, with this product, a large amount that would end up in landfills. So that's really where the collaboration came from. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Re uh, repeat that again. So, so the chair is supposed to do what? Yeah, so... It's, does it re come apart and you can recycle the parts? Well, so the or? chair, and, and if you click into Human Scale's website, you can really get into the nitty-gritty of the chair and all the good the chair is doing. So the chair will be tracking its uh, positive benefits, or its, its metrics, we call it. And uh, we have a thing called a ticker on the website. If you go to Path Chair at Human Scale, and there you'll see its water savings. You'll see its plastic. It's, it's using a lot of ocean-bound plastic. We, we've, we've reduced the amount of packaging so that its footprint for transport's next it's it's beyond half of what everyone else is doing so it's really really low impact 
The chair has met Living Product Challenge. It's the the highest rated task chair in the Living Product Challenge. Yeah, that's a hard. And, that's a very very difficult yeah. certification to achieve. Yeah, it's a really so. They say it's the world's most sustainable office chair. It's it's coming from the Living Product Challenge. It's not coming from us. Got it. And uh, so it's a hard certification to achieve. The chair has full net positivity. So meaning the more the chair is sold, the cleaner our environments get. Uh, we've designed out any heavy metals. There's no silicon in it. There's no. Uh, we're using a knit so that there's no waste from the cutoff textiles. We're having um, ocean-bound plastic, almost all of the plastic content, uh, recycled aluminum. So every aspect of it has been really honed through and refined to a level that we haven't seen before. And it sets truly a new bar. And from my perspective, it also happens to look great, and it's really comfortable to sit in. And that's, yeah. uh, by the way, probably the most important metrics in the it, real world also. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. Designers well, are tired of sustainable product not looking sure. good. And, and I think now they're it's expecting it not absolutely to. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if you, I, what I think is also kind of neat is if you go to your website, mm -hmm. right, say I want to find out more about your studio. Yeah. You're not in my face that. Todd Bracher Studio, we are sustainability, you know, we are environmentally focused. We're all about the environment and you don't have meadows of grass, you know, as a background and lion cubs laying there. That's right. It's just the way you're going to practice. That's right. And yeah. I like yeah. that. To me, that rings very authentic. Yeah. And so do you think that there's things you learned in this process for the path chair yes. that you're probably going to keep with you and apply over Absolutely. and over? I mean, we've met with clients, for example, just in the last two years that say, you know, to make this more sustainable costs more. And let's have a conversation about that. And I would say, why is this even a conversation? You know, do what's right. This is how it should be. Yeah, we need to get, we need to break down these archaic ideas. I was having dinner with yeah. somebody who has three kids and we were talking about SUVs and cars. Yeah. We were talking about the environment, all this stuff. And she's like, no, I have to have my SUV to take my kids around. And I'm like, you know, I was a family with three kids and we were, we piled into, you know, yep. the, how the cl clowns pile into this yep. tiny little car. We piled into an odd Audi Fox, <laughs> well, little tiny Verda, car in the 1970s. So, Verda is tiny. You're tiny. You can, my, you know, my family you is, you can put Verda in tight spaces. Some people need a little more room than you. <laughs> my family is small, but they're not that small. <laughs> and I think we've been sold this idea that yeah. we need this massive, right. massive yeah. For car. Safety. For safety. I know. And so we the should bigger be. bigger it is, the yeah. safer it is. So, I, so who also has kids you understand the newer younger generation it's incredible i have two kids an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and they're telling me about sustainability they're telling me about ecology oh, and amazing. it's so fantastic we know yeah. this future is in good hands it's yeah. the rest of us that are playing catch-up that yeah. uh which i'm glad it's happening but i'm feeling good about what's ahead yeah, so yeah. designers have to show the way by yes. designing better products that make more sense, and then hopefully people will, will start coming along, yeah. right? Well, yeah. I woke up in a bit of a grumpy mood this morning, and uh, I laying in enough. bed. The first thing I did was I looked up. I'm like, oh, God, Neocon. It's just this big, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I looked up the word merchandise because we're in the merchandise mart, yeah. right? And it comes from the French yeah, origination. And yep. it means buy, sell, trade, stuff. And All bad. Your, okay, your, your seat might be getting hotter in a second. Oh, no. Yeah. We, we asked you this question Go in our first it. interview, you and Tina. Uh, you're, you're making stuff. Yeah. And I know... Human scale, you guys are saying that the more chairs you buy, the better the plant the better off the planet is. Yeah. You know, I get that I get the the idea behind that, yep. but I 
also feel like we don't we just need less stuff we really do so as a designer of stuff where do you see yourself yeah going with that so and this again i hope it doesn't sound like a bit of a cop-out but this is truly how i feel about it um if i didn't live or if i wasn't alive today or if i chose to do something else these products will come out to the market anyway uh this is a uh, inevitable reality that we live in so yeah. i'd rather be in it you're and a help steward guide it. you're i think as a, as a product designer stepping in and acting as a steward to what we're doing yes is the best you can do well thank you i mean we try and as i mentioned my kids because they know i'm a pro i make things and but i say we have to make what's meaningful and relevant and important for our lives otherwise we don't make it and uh and that's what we try to live this way as well we don't it's not about consuming and having and it's uh we try to shape our world in a way that's truly meaningful and and benefits us all yeah. so we yeah. can I think live that's important. better with less stuff absolutely if it's meaningful yeah. Yeah. if it's purposeful yeah. if it's well-intentioned and well-designed and lasts a long time yeah. so thank you so much for raising the bar leading the way i if every product at neocon was net positive I wouldn't mean, that be absolutely wow. incredible yeah, yeah that'd be pretty that's, cool I mean, that's beautiful okay. can by you 2030 that's that's <laughs> is that the goal <laughs> Bert yes, is making is. neocon goals it is now because that's good. i said okay. it all right is. we're gonna let them we're gonna let neocon know about this well thank all you right. both thank thanks you. todd yeah it was so good to see you again All right, John, that was fun. Don't you love that? The buzz. You can hear the buzz of Neocon in the background. I th That to me is the coolest thing is that yeah. background noise. It's kind of yeah. like white noise, but you can just tell that there is a lot going on. And I have to tell you, we joked about it a lot, right? How much we loved that space yeah. and, and how much we just wanted to stay there. But, you know, OFS did an amazing job of curating that little window spot for us. And I think that, you know, we talk a lot about space, but man, that space had a lot to do with how I think how well those conversations went. It had like a shag rug and a little <laughs> bit of a olive 70s, 80s vibe to it with like little little photographs and paintings, like old a collage. Radios, the old on air sign. And on the air sign that I think didn't work that well. Everybody, all our guests kept saying, is it on? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, but anyway, we we roll. We were we were getting our feet wet that first day, and I think day two we'll drop that episode in a few weeks. You'll hear many more guests, and we'll be going through them a lot more quickly. It'll be more like hot potato instead of instead of uh, podcasting hot seat. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, yeah, please stay tuned for our next episode. Yeah, seriously, I'm excited. I'm excited to to, to launch that one. It's going to be. I think it's going to be even better than the first one. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right, it. there Good, you go. Right? John has said it. Prediction has been cast. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. To hear more trailblazers taking on the world's issues through the lens of design, visit us at breaksomedishes.com. I'm Verda Alexander. And I'm John Strasner. And you've been listening to Break Some Dishes. Break some dishes.